God's word for our meditation tonight, recorded in Luke chapter 2, or rather 1, reading from verse 39, as previously read. In the name of Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Son of Mary, your fellow redeemed. It is a scene that is depicted in many, many ways down through the centuries in different pictures, different paintings, even carvings, a scene that maybe you have in your own home in a nativity set or two. In all of these scenes, of course, the star of the show is baby Jesus. But that doesn't mean there are not some what we might call supporting cast. People like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Well, today we have an opportunity to kind of focus in on one of those supporting cast members, to focus on Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, anytime we start talking about Mary, sometimes Lutherans get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> It seems there's a certain church body that spends a lot of time talking about Mary. They name churches after her. They put up statues of her. They direct their rosaries to her. Is that wrong? I mean, when the seminary student came to me in the Philippines and told me that he wanted to start a new church, a new mission outside of Manila... And he told me, I want to name it St. Mary's Lutheran Church. What was I supposed to say? What, what, what would you say? I mean, Mary is a biblical character. She, she's in the Bible. We, we name churches after Peter and Paul and Matthew. Why not Mary? How are we supposed to regard Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, should we put her, you know, right up there next to Jesus? Should we call her the the Holy One, the Holy Mother? Should we direct our prayers to her? Or should we treat her like a lot of people do and say, oh, She's just a Jewish girl that had a kid out of wedlock. It's happened before. It'll happen again. There's nothing really supernatural about the child that she conceived. You realize somewhere between those two spectrums is the truth. And that's what we want to focus on tonight. Tonight we're going to turn our attention to Mary the mother of Jesus. We'll see that she was a woman who was blessed by God, acknowledged by others, and in the end gave glory to her Savior. First, Mary was a woman blessed by God. I mean, who can deny that? (laughs) Out of all the women in the world, God chose Mary 
to bring this sinless child into the world? Moms, can you imagine that? Raising a child that never fussed, never threw a temper tantrum, never, you know, purposely dumped her carrots all over the floor, never picked on his little brother. Jesus was the first and the only child whoever was perfectly loving, perfectly kind, perfectly obedient. And for that reason, you can say that Mary and Joseph were blessed by God with the perfect child. And yet that blessing was not simply that this child was just like really, really well-behaved, but the real blessing was is this child was divine. Even though this child was the son of Mary, this child was also the son of God. God was using Mary as an instrument to bring his only begotten son into this world with a human body so he could live and die as a substitute for all sinners. What what the prophets had been foretelling for centuries was now coming to life inside of the womb of this virgin mother. The question is, why Mary? Why, out of all the people, did God choose Mary? Was it because that she was, she was just more reverent than anybody else? She was more loving, more beautiful, more deserving? No. She was no more deserving of this honor than you or, or I would be. How, how do I know that? I know that because of what the angel Gabriel said to Mary when he announced that Mary was going to have this child. His first words, greetings, you who are highly favored. Now, a guy could misunderstand those words, right? For example, if if I were to say that the, the Packers are highly favored to win this weekend, it would mean that there must be something about the Packers that makes them better than the other team. They, they must be faster or smarter or more experienced, that, that they would be the, the favorites. Well, sometimes people like to apply that to Mary and say that the reason that God chose Mary is that she was, she was just so special. She was perfect. She she was better than anybody else. That's why she was God's favorite. In fact, sometimes you you catch a little bit of that sense in in the prayer that our, our Catholic friends sometimes use called the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, you know, I'm I'm not talking about the last second pass that the quarterback makes at the end of the game, right? I'm talking about this this prayer that is represented by some of the beads in a, in a rosary. The Hail Mary prayer is actually a, a, a form of these words, greetings, you who are highly favored, except they interpret it this way. They say, Hail Mary, full of grace. You hear the emphasis there? It's as if Mary has something 
better than anybody else. She is filled with grace. That's why God chose her. That is not what the angel is saying. That's not what this Greek word means. It it doesn't mean that Mary has this extra grace. She's not the source of grace. She's the object of grace. She's the object of God's undeserved love for her. Or to put it another way, God chose her. God gave her this wonderful gift, not because of something good in her, but something good in God. It was God's grace that caused her to keep his, him to keep this promise to her. Why is that important? Because that's exactly the same attitude God has for you and me. I mean, why, out of all the people in the world, would God choose to die for you? Why would God choose to warm your cold heart with a message of his love? Why would God give you spiritual life when you were spiritually dead through the washing of baptism? Why? One reason. It's called grace. God's undeserved love for a sinner like you and me and Mary too. Now, even though Mary had nothing that made her deserving of this honor of being Jesus' mother, that doesn't mean that God could not have granted it to her. And he did, right? He, he blessed her by, by making her the mother of his son. And that fact was then, secondly, acknowledged by other people. In our text, it's Elizabeth and Elizabeth's son's John that acknowledges it. This is really where our text picks up. Luke puts it this way. At that time, in other words, after Gabriel had announced that you're going to have this child, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And as soon as that happened, what happens? The baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth explains it this way. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. How do you explain that? This, this, this unborn child recognizes the voice of Jesus' mother? How does that happen? Because this unborn child is no ordinary child. Angel Gabriel had told Elizabeth this about her son, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. It's this John who ultimately becomes the forerunner of Jesus and spends his life identifying Jesus, pointing to Jesus as the promised Messiah. Well, in this case, it's, it's little Johnny who's already on the job. He's already pointing out that, hey, that's Jesus inside of Mary. Even before he's born, he's identifying through these kind of interuteral calisthenics, he's identifying Mary is the mother of the Son of God. 
But it wasn't just John who acknowledged it. So did Elizabeth. When Mary comes into Elizabeth's home, Luke describes the scene. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so highly favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Again, what is Elizabeth doing? She's acknowledging Mary's identity. This is, this is the mother of my Lord, of my Savior. And because that child in Mary is both human and divine, we can accurately call Mary the mother of God. Theologians use the word theotokos. It literally means the, the, the God-bearer. This unborn child in Mary is actually God Almighty. Who can understand that? I can't. No one can. But the question is, how did Mary react to that fact? Did she say, I have got it made. I am going to be so famous, I'm just going to get into the spotlight. Nope. Instead, she puts the spotlight back on her God. See, this, this Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was blessed by God and acknowledged by others, goes on to give glory to her Savior. How does Mary put it? My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Latin word for glorify is actually magnificat. It's what gives us the name of Mary's song of praise, the, the magnificat. We sing a, a, a rendition of it tonight. That song is focused not on Mary, but on God. What does she say? My spirit rejoices in who? In God, my Savior. By calling God her Savior, what, what is Mary admitting about herself? She's admitting that she is a sinner who needs a Savior and, and now has that Savior. I mean, if Mary really was immaculately conceived, as some claim, as she really, if she really did live her whole life without sin, she would not need a Savior. She would be her own Savior. She would earn her own spot in heaven all by herself. But that's not what she's confessing. She's confessing she needs a Savior. And that Savior is the child in her womb. She admits that she needs a Savior just as much as everyone else does. And in more importantly, she confesses that God has now provided that Savior. And that, that's what causes her to, to break out in song. She rejoices in the fact, the mighty one has done great things for me. Actually, you could translate has done great things to me. Right? It, it was God, the Holy Spirit, who, who conceived this child in me. That, that's what she's rejoicing in, not, not only for herself, 
but for all people. What does she say? His mercy extends to all who fear him from generation to generation. From that point, Mary goes on to talk about how God has kind of turned upside down the value system of our world. In, in our world, the rich and the famous, the proud and the powerful are oftentimes regarded as the ones on top, right? That's what everybody strives to be, right? They've, they feel like they've got it made on, on both sides of the grave. And yet Mary here says, that's not how God sees it. God is going to do something different. He's going to demote those who are proud and self-righteous. And, and he, she speaks as if he's, he's actually already done it. He, she puts it this way. God has lifted up the humble. He has fi filled the hungry with good things. She's now talking about herself. That is, isn't this the truth? I mean, when you think about it, when, when you and I confess that we are lost and condemned creatures, when we admit that we are beggars who, who can give nothing to God, when, when we admit that all we can do is throw ourselves on God's mercy, that's exactly what God does. He shows us his mercy. He comes near to us, and he lifts up the humble. Or as St. Peter put it, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. My friends, that's what Mary was celebrating in her Magnificat. She was magnifying the Lord for the grace that he has shown to her and to all people. Grace that he had promised already to her ancestors. She says, God has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to our ancestors. That's the promise that Mary was clinging to, a promise that worked faith in her heart. So, what are we to think about Mary? Was she the holy mother of God who is now hearing our prayers and interceding for us as, as we pray? No, she's not. And if Mary were here tonight, she'd be the first one to tell you that. But is Mary a sinner? who was overwhelmed by God's grace. Was Mary a believer who took God at his word, even though she didn't understand how this could work? Was she a child of God who, who rejoiced in what God had given to her and all of mankind in that child in her womb? Was she someone who glorified God, who lifts up the humble? Yes. That's who Mary was. And that's why we remember Mary. Not because of what she can do for us, but for what God has done for her. 
God showed her grace. God gave her a Savior, and she believed it. And now, by God's grace, so can you. To Mary's Son, be all of our praise and glory. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us and worshiping with us online today. We are so glad you fed your faith through the work of Mount Olive, and we'd love to know that you fed your faith. So head on over to mountoliveappleton.com and click the online friendship register, or just click the link in the description here. It takes about one minute to fill out. Thanks so much for spending time with us. God's blessings on your day.